Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Second Row Podcast. It is round 20 of the Guinness Pro 14. I'd like to say a quick sh- uh, thank you very much to uh, all our new listeners and people who have been giving feedback. Please let us know what you like, what you don't like, and anything else you'd like to be discussed. As always, I have Ushin online. Hello, good to talk to you again. Yeah, it's been a quiet week overall in the Pro 14. It's been dead. We have no news. Uh, I think everybody has got one eye on Europe and uh, everyone's trying to get their, their magic calculator out and see if they're going to qualify for the playoffs and who needs to be whom. But like, there is one story that came out today and that's John Muldoon being named as the Bristol defence coach. Yeah, I knew he was going over there, but it's great to see it confirmed. Absolutely, yeah. The rumours had been there for a while, but nice to, nice to know exactly what they'll be doing with them next year. And uh, a few transfers coming in. So I saw Peter Robb has re-signed for Connacht. Um, but the Cheetahs appear to be having a few names getting poached to Northern Hemisphere teams. So that um, Blum Cheese is off to the Ospreys for next season. And uh, did I see both as going to the Scarlets as well? Yeah, he is. I'm so glad you said Blum Cheese because I was never going to be able to say it. Um, <laughs> Typical Munster guy can get the South African names right. I wonder why. Uh, aren't you like the South African province? I mean, the Southern province. <laughs> yeah, like Saracens a couple of years ago. It's great. Yeah, no, like it's what's going to be the issue of them coming into the Pro 14. They're going to be on the shop window a lot more and they can earn that bit more in the Northern Hemisphere. So I can kind of see why it's happening. But it's yeah. sad to see. Ah, it is, but I think it'll be a bit of turnover. It'll be interesting if it goes the opposite way as well. Some of the young players might start heading down and making a few quid and trying out that uh, South African lifestyle. And speaking of in South Africa... Yeah, the, the two-week holiday in the sun continues. Yeah, I just saw that Munster have left it very late to travel up to the altitude. So I'm not sure the altitude is going to be as big of, a, of an issue. I'm kind of hoping. Munster have been clever about how they've rotated their squad. Um, I'm a little concerned that two of our front row are starting again, so John Ryan and Scannell. And that's after Ryan did nearly 70 minutes last week. Yeah, it's a big shift. And we've got, like, everyone who's gone up there has found the last 20 minutes that bit tougher than normal. But you're starting Hart and Hanrahan. Are you looking to give Cheetahs as much of a chance to win as possible? <laughs> yeah, there's there's not a lot of control at half back there. Um, I think you could see a little bit more. Like I, I think this might be the first time Hart and Hanrahan have played in front of Peter O'Mahony, though. So I can imagine him barking a few orders back at the guys and keeping them organised. They kind of hope that you get they get cleaner ball as well with uh, Billy and Peter in the pack. Yeah, and I mean Robin Copeland is there and. Any of the times I've seen Copeland play a strong game, it's when he's on kind of hard turf or, or an artificial surface. So he could be, I could, we could be surprised. He's got a good engine, so he could go out and smash lads for fun. But like a monster win guarantees that home quarter final. Yeah, and I mean, who knows what Ulster side are going to turn up? And either way, if Ulster win um, this week, they're going to come to Thoman Park needing a result. So I'd far prefer to have a home quarter final in the bag by. Um, by Saturday morning than I would be waiting on it um, for two weeks time and like cheetahs need this win to catch you so like this is um, there is a lot at stake here yeah absolutely I, I tell you what I'd be mad imagine if the cheetahs actually do catch us and get a home quarter final which would probably be either Edinburgh or Ulster having to fly down to Bloemfontein for the uh, for the quarter final I can't imagine they'd thank us if that happened oh no that would be um, that is a journey no one would want to take I'd say yeah, and I mean, given Cardiff's luck, it seems like it's a journey no one's able to take. <laughs> so we'll get we'll move back closer to home and uh, Connacht are in Scottstown on Friday. Yeah, and they've really got a challenge up against them. I mean, Glasgow have put out pretty much a full side. It's Connacht for Scotland, isn't it? That's effectively what's happened. Yeah, it's it's a it's a pretty good lineup, and I mean, you're going up against some of some of the form players in this year's Pro Fourteen. Um, admittedly with nothing in particular to, to gain or lose but you, you still imagine that they're going to go out there and, and 
put a put a serious performance together. It's their final home game of the norm regular season, so that's a, in itself a big um occasion. And uh, they, I, I read today the um the supporters club are going to give a special shout out to John Muldoon because the last time he'll play there, which I think is pretty oh, cool. Nice. And on the playing side of things, I'm always happy to have Bundy back. You know, he does seem to um, lift that team an extra step or two. Well, he offers a bit more. I mean, you, you were saying last week that Peter Robin and Owen Griffin because they play a similar enough game. So Bundy gives a bit more variation in that back line. And like with Rob as a big carrier inside him, he will have that bit more space to work with as well. Hmm. Looks like you're finally going to get your wish and Carty's going to get a full 80 minutes. You've got no 10 on the bench. Yeah, unless like some magic happens between like Farrell and Leader going to 10 or something, but that's pretty much all I can see. So it does look like he's playing the um, that full 80. Which kind of tells you that they decided they're going to go out and try and win the game as well. <laughs> well, I'd rather just not get spanked off the pitch, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, and um, probably your most powerful looking second row. I mean, I, I think James Cannon is probably a better player than Quinn Rue, but certainly you're not going to get a whole lot beefier than Delan and Rue coming through the second row. In the words of Jeremy Clarkson, power! <laughs> <laughs> Um, now, here's the real question. How many penalties is Rue going to give away by halftime before he gets fished off? Three. <laughs> <laughs> Possible opportunity for Connacht in terms of the halfbacks. Like, I know that Carty is kind of your best bet with Marmy in there as well. And you're up against Pergos and Horn rather than Price and Russell. Yeah, like, uh, the one thing the two of them haven't done really is control a game. And... I'm not sure this is the game that's going to happen. You know, I don't think uh, this is the game we're going to improve our one win and one draw on an artificial service. No, probably not. Um, and I think, look, that, that there's talent running through that entire Glasgow team. Um, so we'll have to see what happens. Yeah, like the big thing we want to see is a performance. Anything, yeah. anything above that is a win. Bit of pride. That's exactly it. Okay. And after everything that was said about White House, guess who's ref in this match? Frank Murphy. Frank Murphy, as in like multiple year player and I think coach for Connacht, Frank Murphy? No, he wasn't a coach. He was like captained by John Muldoon. So this is obviously one of these big IRFU conspiracies to try and take points that Glasgow don't need away from them to give them to Connacht who can't do anything with them. So like, I mean, I presume we call the Daily Mail. We, we, we get onto the blower immediately. Like Wales Online will have a field day with this. They're the only people that will. Welsh Twitter. Uh, yeah, so for everybody else, I presume we just don't give it up. Pretty much. It's not going to have any effect on the outcome of the game. And if there is a big call, I guarantee you it won't go Glass way because it hasn't been our luck to have it this year. Connacht didn't have bad luck. They'd have no luck at all. I'd rather have no luck at all. <laughs> okay, moving on then. We've got uh, Ulster against the Ospreys. On fr- are all three of the Irish games on at the same time? Uh, yep. Yeah. Well, Munster start an hour earlier, but yes, they are. Thank you, Pro14. Uh, turns out that if you want a credible league you should schedule all of your games at the same time and have it's okay there's zebra dragons on its own on saturday at five o'clock oh obviously that's the marquee fixture of the round um yeah you, you've got to wonder whether the pro 14 is going to continue to score own goals like having former players refing their team and scheduling all of the irish games at the same time it's the one thing the pro 14 does to shoot itself in the foot it's it's those kind of administrative things it's a bit of a it's a bit of a joke league with brilliant teams in it sometimes. That's kind of it. But back to the match. Yeah, so Ulster, same halfbacks for both sides, actually. Um, I think Ulster probably have an edge at nine, but the Ospreys are clearly ahead at ten. Oh, 
if he plays anything like he did last week, it's going to be a masterpiece. Yeah, bigger in Haberfield up against um, Cooney and McPhillips, who, who's been playing relatively well, but just bigger is a different league. Yeah, and like it is McPhillips' first season of proper rugby, so anything he's done good is kind of well done and there's room to grow. Yeah, and talking about beefy second rows, again, Henderson coming in with Treadwell. Yeah, you kind of got to say that's also stronger second row. But I know Treadwell hasn't been playing well. In that he's been playing like a toilet. Pretty much. Well, sure, look, hopefully he can pull out a performance as well. Like, this is just a must, must, must win game for Ulster. Again. Again, yeah. It's kind of that old saying, like, it's cup rugby. You know, every game has to be a win. But it's actually more than that for Ulster. Like, they, they need wins. They need bonus points. They need everything. Uh, um, I looked at the table. They need 11 points from these three remaining games because they have Glasgow that... Because they have that refix Glasgow fixture next weekend as well. Okay. I was trying to wonder when that was coming up. So if they get 11 from them, they're guaranteed that playoff spot for the Champions Cup, let alone, and I'm not even talking third. Yeah, no, absolutely not. But looking at that as well, right, Ospreys have got to be the easiest fixture out of that. It's at home. Um, They've got to go, They, I think they have to go to Glasgow or do they have no, Glasgow? No, it's Glasgow and Ravenhill as well. Okay. And then they've got to go down to Thurman Park and... I wouldn't be putting money on them to get that, particularly not if Ulster need the win. But look, this is the one they need to come out of. And they've got serious players who can create moments of magic. Again, you've got Stockdale, PFL, and McCloskey in that team. But that Ospreys back three are no slouches either. They've been scoring tries for fun. It's all about defence here. Are we going to have like a super rugby game where both teams attack really well, but then slip off tackles and have no structure to speak of? Well, I wouldn't be surprised if we see try bonus points for both teams in this game. Yeah, that would be interesting. It'll also make it a fun game, which I'll have to be watching on record. <laughs> yeah, same. A weird one for you. Alwyn Jones is playing the back row. Like, it's no surprise with all the injuries they have, but seriously. Yeah, I caught an article online earlier. Uh, turns out he made his Wales debut in number six, but basically hasn't played there, you know, since he had hair. It's a long, long time ago. Who do you think's going to, uh, and who do you think's going to win, honestly? I don't know. Um, I'd, like, I'd like to see Ulster win. But I, I think they will struggle. I think both teams will get a try bonus point. I think one team is going to get a losing bonus point. I think it'll be close. Um, but I'd probably just about give it to Ospreys. Oh, interesting. I'd, uh, I'm kind of going to go with the, the home team. I think Ravenhill will carry them over the line. So fast, for, fast forward 24 hours and we're back in Dublin again for another Italian visitors. It's a nothing game really, isn't it? Like... <laughs> I know um, a win guarantees Leinster their home semi-final and a rest weekend. Yeah, I think that's the big one. Like At a time when they're still involved in Europe, if they don't have to play in the quarterfinals um, in a couple of weeks' time, then they get an advantage. Because particularly if you look down the line, they're going to be playing against Racing or Munster who aren't going to get a rest weekend. So It could be an opportunity to come in fresh into a, Heineken Cup, ugh, into a European Champions Cup final. You can still say Heineken Cup, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, probably would. Again, it'll be similar to the Munster game last week. They just don't want any key injuries to, to important players. And I think that'll be reflected in the selection. Like, I don't I don't anticipate this being a first-string Leinster team. No, but I do think um, Sean O'Brien plays if fit and comes off at 60 minutes. He hasn't played in how long now, so he does need to get on the pitch for them. Anything left in this game for Benetton? I think they can potentially still make the Champions Cup places if Ulster slip up. So they'll be watching the game on Friday with interest. Yeah, and it kind of really looks like that last day of games is going to be incredible. I think this this is one piece of scheduling the Pro 14 guys did well, that they've got those derbies coming up the last weekend. You've got Judgment Day in Wales. 
um, and then the Irish provinces are up in derbies as are the Italians so it'll be an interesting last day of the season for sure and we'll move on to the rest of the fixtures and they're all on that Saturday as well yeah so we've got Edinburgh against Scarlets um, Scarlets looking to try and guarantee themselves a home quarter final which would massively help Ulster in, in their hunt for the knockout places I don't know Edinburgh at home you just don't know but if Scarlets turn up like I can't see them losing I think I think Scarlets will want to win this because again Edinburgh is their is who they'll view as their direct competition at the moment and I think they'll be keen to try and bottom this out. Like again, they do have the Dragons on the last day of the season, which is a guaranteed five pointer. So it's not like they're going to be stuck for points in the in the run into the season, but I think it's probably likely that the Scarlets win this anyway. Yeah, I completely agree. And then the game of the round, uh, Zebra and Dragons. Jesus Christ, what a terrible game. Genuinely, who cares? I'm not even going to call a winner. I don't care. It doesn't matter. Is it even? Is it even on television? What channel is it on? Don't care. Doesn't matter. Next. <laughs> All right. Southern Kings and Cardiff. Cardiff. I say want to just get home as soon as possible after last week. <laughs> they're they're like they're just rattled, shaking in an airport somewhere, dying to get back to South Wales with their luggage. Well, preferably with with their dignity intact as well. I mean, you'd like to think that they'll go out and beat the Kings. Um, they just have to kind of kill them off early like we didn't last week. They start well and just keep it, keep ticking over. They'll have enough to beat the Kings. I think, um, is, it Je- uh, is it Jenkins who plays for Cardiff? Gethin Gethin Jenkins. Jenkins. Yeah. yeah. He signed on for 14th season this, uh, recently. What? Yeah. It's some goal and he'll make the 200 caps and I think that's impressive. It's no, jo- it's no John Will doing 300 though, but you know, it's impressive. Yeah, but given the physical demands of the front row, you've got to give the guy a bit of credit. So that's our preview for the games this weekend. Uh, now onto our one to watch segment, where Porrick and I identify a player who we think is going to make a difference for their teams this weekend. So who have you got, Porrick? I've um, picked out Stuart Hogg because it's Stuart Hogg. I, I know I'm clearly going for the obvious, but against our defence, he will have some standout moments and do some damage. Okay. Um, I've gone a little bit more niche, so... Again, open rugby and playing as part of a more balanced back row. I think Jack O'Donoghue could have a really big weekend for Munster. He's a man with a point to prove. Um, he really wants to get his hands on that starting seven jersey, given the injuries out there. Um, and I think he's going to go out there and uh, knock some South African gentlemen around the park with a, a great degree of prejudice. Cool. There are two names to look out for, Stuart Hogg and Jack O'Donoghue. We'll be releasing our next episode on Monday morning, recapping this weekend's fixtures. Please let us know what you make of the games. Tell us who impressed you or where you want to see some improvement from your team. Send us a message on facebook.com forward slash the second row or on Twitter where we're at the second row. That's 2ND, not the word second. Until next time, take care. Bye-bye.